Good morning. Turn in your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 30. Deuteronomy chapter 30 is where we'll be spending our time today. Because this week is our VBS. And so we're excited to spend this special time this week talking about God's way to choose Him and to go with Him. And so that is our theme, to choose God. And there are many places people can end up instead of going to follow Him. And there are many Bible stories that can tell us about choosing God. So four different people this week are going to give us a valuable lesson of faith. Samuel, Josiah, Daniel, and Jesus. So we have an exciting week ahead of us so we can learn to choose God. And so this morning as we approach Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 30, we start with the fact that God has always required choice. From the very beginning in the Garden of Eden, before sin had even entered the world, there was choice. God put the trees in the garden that Adam and Eve were to not eat of, but they had the choice of whether or not they were going to obey God or not. So God intended for choice to be a part of who we are all along. Perhaps the most famous story of choice is Joshua. You probably have heard this quote before. Choose who you will serve, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua gives this climactic speech at the end of the book of Joshua. And he does not say, I'm in charge, you will choose the Lord. He says, my house and I, we will choose the Lord. You choose what you're going to do. And then, of course, we have choice in the way that we live. When we were baptized, it was a choice that we made to follow the Lord. Every day when we live our lives, we make the choice to walk with Jesus. And we chose to be here today. We're in a volunteer army of the Lord. We chose to be a part of it. And we will continue to choose to be a part of it. And so Deuteronomy chapter 30, we have this great speech of Moses that will show us how to choose life. But before we get to our first choice, we need to start with verses 11 through 14. So read along with me. For this commandment that I command you today is not too hard for you, neither is it far off. It is not in heaven that you should say, who will ascend to heaven for us and bring it to us, that we may hear it and do it. Neither is it beyond the sea that you should say, who will go over the sea for us and bring it to us, that we may hear it and do it. But the word is very near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart so that you can do it. This commandment that God has given us is available to us. Moses gives us these pictures to show us that it is near. It isn't out of reach in heaven. It isn't out of reach across the sea. But it is close to us. We don't have to go across some grand journey to find the word of the Lord and to reach the will of God. To follow him, we don't have to be able to go up into heaven above our reach or across the sea beyond our reach. It's near to us. He has made it available to us. It has been passed down so that his word is in our mouth and on our hearts. So that does two things for us. First, it takes away our excuses. We can no longer say, I didn't know it was possible for me to follow the Lord. I didn't know I could. I didn't know that I could choose to be like him. We, don't have, a God, we have a God that made us with the capabilities of following him. He has shared that with us so that we can choose to be like him. Second, it motivates our actions. That it shows us that even before we get to our choices, our God has made himself available to us and has given us a worthy goal. That God is here for us and we can go to him. 
The only reason we can't follow God is if we are unwilling to follow God. And so we have a choice. But do you notice the last thing it says in verse 14? So that you can do it. And each of the images ends with that too. If it is above the heavens or beyond the seas, bring it near so that you can do it. It is repeated three times for us. This choice is there for us to act on, that we can be with God. But even if, or even though God has made himself available and he has made himself near and has taken away our excuses, he still leaves us the choice to follow him. And so we need to see our choices. And so choose in verse 15. See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. So our choices today are life or death. That's where we're going to be. And because we want to end strong, we're going to start with death. So choosing death. Read with me verse 15 and then verse 17. See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. Verse 17. But if your heart turns away and you will not hear, but are drawn away to worship other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not live long in the land that you are going over the Jordan to enter and possess. So this choice leads to death. And the actions that lead there are not hearing and idolatry. When, people, when the people don't listen to God, they have chosen the wrong path. And when people go after other gods, instead of serving the one true God, these things lead them to death. And the people of Israel just saw this happen in their past. They were in the wilderness and they came to Kadesh Barnea, the moment where they stopped and they were about to enter the land. You remember the 12 spies were sent into the land and then 10 of them came back and said, the people are too big. God's promises can't be fulfilled. It's too hard. It's too scary. And only Joshua and Caleb came back with the good report, said, listen to the Lord, for he has promised us that we can go in and surely take this land. They also came back from their time in the wilderness where they had created an idol. They had made a golden calf while God was in the process of giving them the law. And they said, this is the God that brought you up out of Egypt. And do you know how both of these stories ended? Death. The entire generation of Israel perished in the wilderness and did not get to enter the promised land. The people of Israel saw this in their past. They knew this history. They knew what God was saying was true. For us, that path of death begins when we allow our heart to turn away from God. Next, we find ourselves refusing to hear God. We no longer open our Bibles and read them on a daily basis. We find ourselves elsewhere on Sunday mornings neglecting to come and worship Him. And when we do hear things about God's Word and hear things about His character that should change and mold our lives, we reject them and we no longer listen. We then find ourselves drawn away to worship these other gods. We begin to worship gods of sensual pleasure. We worship hobbies and we put those above our Lord. We begin to worship the creation more than the creator. We worship success and we worship power to seek control over the things around us. Our idols take many forms today. They're not the same little figurines that we might bow down to, but they are just as dangerous, if not more dangerous, because they can sneak into our lives and they can put us on the path of death before we even realize it.
And so what consequences come from this choice? He says in verse 18, I declare to you today that you shall surely perish. The sad thing is, is Israel takes this path in the future. The choice of idolatry led them to death. Notice what Moses says in chapter 31 and verse 28. Assemble to me all the elders of your tribes and your officers, that I may speak these words in their ears and call heaven and earth to witness against them. For I know that after my death you will surely act corruptly and turn aside from the way that I have commanded you. And in the days to come, evil will befall you because you will do what is evil in the sight of the Lord, provoking him to anger through the work of your hands. The future is dark. Israel will not make the right choices. This choice of death seems attractive to them because sadly Moses is right. The beginning of Judges tells us that a generation arose that did not know the Lord. They did not listen to what their fathers and their parents and their grandparents had told them. 1 Kings chapter 11, Solomon's sin divided the kingdom because of his idolatry. The death of a nation happened because of idolatry. The nation of Israel perished, was divided, and no longer looked the same because idolatry had entered their hearts. And as a result of this sin is that the people are taken from the land and the promise comes true, you shall not live long in the land. Because idols lead to death. The Israelites are taken into captivity in Assyria. And the nation of Judah is taken into captivity by Babylon. They lose the land. They perish. The choice of death is very real. And it's there for the people who do not listen to the Lord. We all know a person that's chosen that life, that has chosen that path that leads to death. A friend of mine who I grew up with in Indiana made this choice. He was a young preacher, a few years older than me, someone I had always looked up to, a counselor of mine at camp and someone who seemed passionate for the word of the Lord. I always thought he was a passionate follower of Christ. He and his wife were planning on shortly moving to Spain together to preach the gospel and to help the church there. But within the next year, he left his wife for another woman. He walked away from everything he had. He tore his life down with Christ and he hurt himself and he hurt everyone he knew as a result. He chose the path of death. He chose the path of death and he went there willingly because he did not listen to the right things and he followed the idols of his heart. But thanks be to God because there is another choice that we can make. We are not resigned to this choice of death that is in front of us because today we can choose life. And we can choose life. Read with me in verse 16. I have set before you life and good. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I command you today, by loving the Lord your God, by walking in His ways and by keeping His commandments and His statutes and His rules, then you shall live and multiply. And the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are entering to take possession of it. But if your heart turned... Oh, sorry, we're too far. To take possession of the land. This choice leads to life. And the actions that we have in front of us to help us get there is first that we know God. 
Because remember, we, read, so we started this morning that the commandment of God is not far off. He has brought it near to us. He has revealed himself to us. He has given himself to us. The word is very near you. All this choice is based on knowing who God is. <coughs> choosing life and choosing death would mean nothing if we didn't know who God was. He doesn't ask us to blindly pick one path or the other. He gives us all the information that we need. And when we open our Bibles, we are one step closer with each page we read to choosing life. We have the greatest task in front of us for forever that we could ever have, and that is to better understand our God because we get to pursue the God who loves us and has promised us life. And that is such a joyful thing that we have. J.I. Packer's book, Knowing God, shares some wisdom about seeking him. First, knowing God is not like reading facts out of a manual. There's a difference between knowing who someone is and knowing him, right? Like, I've heard of that person. I'm familiar with that name, and I know him. And we seek that intimate knowledge of the Lord that we can know him deeply and better than ever. Packer summarizes knowing God into four things. First is listening into God's word. Second, noting God's nature and his character. Third, obeying the commands that he given you. And fourth, rejoicing in what he has done for you, that we can know him. But he ends this opening chapter with a powerful reversal. And that is, we are known by him. And I love that. That not only do we try to know God, but God, the Almighty, the Powerful, the King, knows us. This quote, All my knowledge of him depends on his sustained initiative in knowing me. I say all of that to point out that it takes us to our next step. Knowing God is the natural progression that leads us to love God. Because when we understand God, there is nothing we can do but love Him. The most famous command in the law came earlier in Deuteronomy. We all know it well. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And when we come to know Him, we will learn to love Him more and more. He has given us so much, and He is worthy of our love. But the reason we love God is because He has loved us first. He has given himself to us and made us in his image, and we can choose life in him. The way we love God is by redirecting our hope in the world and our love for the world and directing it towards him, aiming our love in the right place. 1 John chapter 4 says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. The worst example of this is Demas. 2 Timothy chapter 4. He left Paul because he loved this present world. So even our love is a choice. Our love is a choice that helps us to choose life because we can choose to love the world and love the path of death. Or we can choose to love God and choose to be a part of the path of life. Choosing to direct our love towards God is choosing life. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And that is part three. Obey God. We are to walk in his ways and keep his commandments. Notice in our reading how many times it says commandments. Verse 11, for this commandment that I command you today. And then verse 16, if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I command you today. 
by all the synonyms, by statutes, rules, and walking in his ways. Don't you think it matters to the Lord that we obey him? He has given us everything we need to follow him. He has laid it out clear as day that we can choose the path of life if we obey his commandments. Go back to uh, chapter 30, starting in verse 9, halfway through verse 9. For the Lord will again take delight in prospering you as he took delight in your fathers. When you obey the voice of the Lord your God to keep his commandments and his statutes that are written in this book of the law, when you turn to the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, we obey him. He has set it up for us to obey him. He is pleased in us when we obey him and when we do it with our whole heart, leaving nothing behind for ourselves and nothing behind for the path of death. This is our next necessary step from loving him. When you love me, you'll keep my commandments. So we will do everything we can to obey what he wants us to be because God deserves our actions to be his. But there's more. Because in all of this, God has promised a future if we follow him. And so what are the results that come from this choice is that we live and multiply in verse 17, or 16, excuse me. You shall live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are entering to take possession of it. There were periods of Israelite history where they got to experience this. In the times of David, their borders were expanding. They had a relatively peaceful time, even stretching into the time of Solomon, that things were going well because David followed the Lord and, and kept the people with him as they obeyed him, loved him, and feared him. Choose life, and these things can happen. When the thing, people were committed to God, things went well. But nobody shows us this choice of choosing life and the difference between death and life better than Jesus himself. Luke chapter 15 is the story of the prodigal son. It's one we know well. The prodigal son asks for his inheritance and takes it from his father and goes to a faraway land. He's ready to strike out on his own. And when he goes there, he squanders everything he has, throws away his inheritance, gives it away, does everything but use it well. And after he had been there for some time, a severe famine comes into the land and takes even more from him, where he is destitute. And so he goes to feed the pigs of the people, and he was so desperate that he wanted to eat the food of the pigs, but no one would give him food to eat. So he comes to a moment of clarity. Do you remember what he said? Let's see. How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger. He knows he has chosen death. He has been on the path of death. And so he decides to go and beg for a place as a servant in his father's house. And he's prepared this speech to go and to give to his father that I am not worthy to be called your son. Accept me back as a servant. And before he can even get the words out, his father has run up to him and embraced him and clothed him and made him his son again. Do you remember why? He threw a feast for him and treated him so well. For my son was dead and is alive again. Life or death. Choose life. Choose life. 
Choosing life is powerful. It makes a difference. We can see that just from the story of the prodigal son. And we can make that choice because God is always willing to offer life to us. We just have to take it and choose it. So Moses ends his sermon with this plea. Back in Deuteronomy chapter 30, starting in verse 19. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life that you and your offspring may live, loving the Lord your God, obeying his voice and holding fast to him. For he is your life and length of days that you may dwell in the land that the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob to give them. God gave them the choice. He put all the information in front of them. Love God and follow him and he will give you life. Go your own way and you will find death. That's the choice in front of us. And this is a court scene. He calls heaven and earth to witness against them. These witnesses that will be there long after they pass. Long after their choices are made, they will be able to testify about the kinds of people they were. Choose life. So choose life knowing the requirements and knowing the consequences. Moses tells them very clearly what they should do. I love it. In verse, end of verse 19. Just therefore choose life for you and your offspring. It's very clear, very persuasive and powerful ending to the speech that Moses gives. The people of Israel had an important choice to make going forward. Would they put God before themselves? Would they choose life? And we have that same choice in front of us as we are the people of God. We can choose to love him. We can choose to obey his voice. We can choose to hold fast to him and stay with him all of our lives. So will we choose life? So many try to stay on the fence with Jesus, keeping one foot in the kingdom and one foot in the world. That's not a choice. We choose death or we choose life with Jesus. We can't sit on the fence anymore, so we have to choose. And we have that same choice today. Romans chapter 6, verse 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So we choose life because Jesus has made us a promise that we are able to find life in him and only in him. Anywhere else we turn to find life, it won't be there. There was one way to choose life in God. So our goal today is simple. Choose life. That choice is there for us, that we can go God's way and we can be with him. Your choices matter today. You can hold fast to the Lord and follow him, and he will give you life. Our VBS is going to help us this week to learn and to choose. God's people throughout all time have shown us that we can't but it is because God has made it possible for us. We can end this lesson today with that in mind, that God made it possible for us to choose and to choose life. And so we can choose today. And for those of us who choose life, what did Jesus say? I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. We can find life in Jesus. 